High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, freestyle skateboarders, vert skateboarders, street skateboarders, oh, and a special shout out to you downhill skateboarders. How about cruising skateboarders? Yes, I googled types of skateboarders, but this is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years with the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And the party's at my place this evening. But first, let's chat about your homework. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. Summer school is still in session, and your homework was to watch an interesting film that we're going to talk about today. Gleaming the Cube, a skateboarding film that also has, well, an interesting kind of murder mystery, I guess? I keep saying interesting, but this is an interesting film. But before that, let's check on your past assignments. Did you listen to last week's episode? It was a fun one. We talked about just one of the guys, and by we, I mean me, of course, and my guest last week, Kate Hudson. You definitely want to check out that episode in the archives at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening right now, whether it be Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, High School Slumber Party's there. So catch up on your homework, guys. The summer is the perfect time to catch up on your homework. You know, like, isn't that what you used to do in the summer? Like, your high school breaks? Just be like, oh, I miss school so much. Let me, like, check out my assignments or or relive the assignments from the previous year. <laughs> Anyway, before we dive into this episode on Gleaming the Cube, by the way, our guests are returning guests, Dana Ferrara and Chris Carroll. But before we dive in, maybe this is your biggest assignment, and it's the recurring assignment. No, 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 no. I'm over the John Cusack blocking us on Twitter thing for now. Really, your assignment is to spread the love of High School Slumber Party. I do this show for free, I do this show for fun, and I appreciate you listening out there. And again, the best way you can spread that love is by following on social media, Twitter, MySpace, no joking, (laughs) Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, participating, class participation is a big part of your grade, and that means, you know, liking stuff, writing some comments, sending me a message. You can also email me at highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. But also by subscribing, hitting that subscribe button right there, 
giving us a nice flashy five-star rating, writing us a nice review. And yeah, oh, how could I forget? Telling a friend. It's super, super important. Whoa, 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 the bell doesn't dismiss you, dude. I dismiss you. This, again, is going to be an interesting episode. A lot of skate talk, a lot of skate language. We get, like, really into the weeds with the skateboarding culture in this. But I think you're really, really, really going to enjoy it. So without further ado, pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother you're sleeping over Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. So let's take it away with the title track to Gleaming the Cube, called Gleaming the Cube, by James House. Class dismissed. Chris is watching the movie on his phone at the moment. <laughs> Are you really? No, I'm, oh, looking, up, I'm looking at the guy. I guess this is the bad guy. Is this the bad guy? I've seen this guy in a million movies. Is he, he's the bad guy in the Richard movie? Richard Heard, you're right. Wait, Who is okay, it? Let me see. We'll talk about it. This guy, like, he's got a very recognizable face, but I did not so does, pick him up um, in the movie. So does uh, Christian Slater's dad. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's that guy. He's in Not Another Teen Movie. He's, he's a like total the angry football coach where he's like, God damn it, God damn it. Save it. I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm terrible with character names. So I'm glad I got you guys together for an interesting film today. I'll just ask, Gleaming the Cube, had you seen it before? Yeah, I've seen it. My brother definitely made me watch this movie. Yeah, I've watched this with your brother, definitely. <laughs> and going back to like what I, I mean, what we said off air, I didn't realize how much of this movie I didn't see. Also, in the sense that we would just fast forward to like the really cool skating parts. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a skating movie. It's a skating video with the most plot I've ever seen. Not that I think it's good plot, but like you know. Oh, it's it's flash dance <laughs> for skateboarders. <laughs> Like, that's kind of what it is. It really feels like two separate things that people enjoy that they made into one film. But before we dive into Gleaming the Cube, before we gleam the cube, if that's a thing, let's do some introductions. Where you go. You, you both mind. have been on the show before. Name, high school, high school team name. We have a high school reunion today. Kind of, yeah. This is an all-Northern Valley, Old Japan crew. Yeah, he's, he's doing my introduction for me. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm Christopher Carroll. I went to uh, Northern Valley, Old Japan. Just said that. And uh, our team was the Golden Knights. Go Golden Knights. And Dan, how about you? Uh, Dan Ferrara. Uh, like I said, we are the Old Japan Golden Knights. So we all went to high school together. Both of you have been on the show before a couple times. Both of you are multiple-time guests. Uh, never together, though, right? No, uh, this is the first, yeah. Yep. First time the two of you together. Won't be the last time. Hope not. Let's see how it goes today. <laughs> <laughs> Gleaming the Cube and Chris you've been on like I said a couple times and I try to think of what movies would Chris be on for we did D3 we did Airborne so I'm like okay I gotta look for hockey movies skateboard movies 
Or, I don't know, because I don't think you're going to do uh, Pretty in Pink with me. No, that's not really my type of movie. <laughs> I had never seen Gleaming the Cube. I'd heard about it. It's, like, referenced a lot in, like, TV and stuff, because it's just... I don't know why, but it is. Because it's one of the only, like, skateboard plot movies. It's the only, like, main... Sh- I mean, aside from, like, MVP Most Valuable Primate <laughs> 2, where he's on a monkey on a half pipe. Um, especially at that time, there was no movies about skateboarding versus a skate video. You know what I mean? Well, There's... Actually, there was Animal Chin, The Search for Animal Chin. What the hell is that? It's like a movie where... Tony Hawk and Bones Brigade, they're like search, they're going around, they're looking for this old Asian man named Animal Chin. That one I've never seen. Wow. It's, it's a good But movie. see, that feels more like good. a skate video, which I think came from like yeah. surf movies and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it, like very, very thin plots, and it's mostly about what's going on. That movie was mostly about skateboarding. This movie was a movie with skateboarding. <laughs> That's a good way to put it, though. It's like. <laughs> no, but. Uh, Chris, we might have done this alone, but then I was like, wait, there's a Vietnam subplot? Like, that's all I read. Yeah, like, we're still funding the... <laughs> so I was like, you know what, Dan, you should come on this one too. Uh, both of you, first little background, like I said, we went to high school together. Both of you owned skateboards. Oh, yeah, we were little skateboarders yeah, we for a while. We skateboarded. We weren't very good at it. <laughs> no, we, we were... We would get very hyped on the, the little we accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> Your brother was pretty good for a while. Yeah, he was a good skateboarder. He should have never stopped. Chris, I know you still own a skateboard, right? I have a couple, yeah. So you're still a skater, I'm sure skater Dan, boy. You still have a skateboard. How about you? Right? You still own um, one? My last skateboard left with Wes. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley Vina, another guest on this show. We'll have to ask him about that next time he's on. If he still, if he yeah, still well, has that eventual order, I told him he could take it. Your skateboard. <laughs> There's a skateboard story I do want to tell with you, Dan, a little bit later once we get into the film, but. Oh, no, I was going to cover that. Absolutely. I know, yeah, I know. Okay, as yeah. long as you as long as we're on the same page, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Gleaming the cube though. I feel like you guys cuz even when when I walked in where at your lovely home Dan, even when I walked in you guys are like rattling off all the skateboarders that are in this film and I knew Tony Hawk. I didn't know the rest. I heard their names. Well, what's but... great is like, well Tony Hawk's like one of the only ones that isn't just like a stunt skater or like a stand-in skater. Tony Hawk has a part. Yeah. You know, he, he's an actual character. The thing that's weird, though, is he's Tony Hawk, but he's not Tony Hawk in the movie, but he has a Tony Hawk skateboard. Yeah. And, Tony Hawk <laughs> and he's stickers. putting the Tony Hawk stickers. Yeah. Like, the weirdest thing to me about like the Tony Hawk thing was, like, I always pictured Tony Hawk as, not old, but older, to see, like, little boy Tony Hawk. I was like, oh, cute. Yeah, yeah, little boy know... Tony Hawk is still 6'7". In... Yeah. <laughs> Tony Hawk's built like a goalie. We know him as a 40-year-old, because that's how he was, like, 40 when we were, like, 11. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this guy kind of... I don't want to say... He... Look, Tony Hawk's great, obviously. He's, like, the most famous skateboarder in, in the world. You can't say in his prime, though, because, like, all his, like, major accomplishments... Well, I shouldn't say that, not all, but, like... The, the bars he set, even back then, were not, like, you know, he, he nailed the 900 in our, like, era. Yeah, we, you yeah. Know what I mean? we were, like, like, 13 when that happened. And this is kind of weird. It's, like, you see, of course, you see him, like, ramp skating, but there's, like, there's very little of, like, Tony Hawk street skating. And, like, this video, you know, this movie has a lot of well, it. Well, I don't think they even had, like, the uh, double-lipped skateboards. No, it's, like, movie. it was just the, t- it was, it was flat, de- like, tail. it was, like, flat pool decks with just the tail turned up. You still had plastic rails on the bottom. Yeah. You know, how heavy those boards must have been. Oh, yeah. Well, if you, you know? watch, like, Lords of Dogtown, or even better, the documentary, I think it's called, like, Z-Boys. Dogtown and Z-Boy, yeah. Yeah. You well, see, like, the original skate tricks where a lot of the things you saw here were they're more, like... 
how crazy it was to get above the lip of a pool. Like, oh my god, just the fact that you caught air. You didn't just glimpse the coat. Yeah, and just like, like, the kind of skate dancing he does in like, the, the credits at the end. That's yeah, there's a lot Mullins. of manuals yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of... Uh, Rodney Mullen's like the king of that. I know uh, one of... The, flat, uh, the Flatland is incredible. I know one of the original uh, Z-Boys was involved. Uh, Stacy Peralta. That's Stacy Peralta. He's okay. the one who created Powell. Gotcha. At which the Bones Brigade, everything is all off of Powell. And he was one of the original Z-Boys with like Tony Alvarez and... But Gleaming the Cube here might be one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen just because, like I said, how it marries... I don't know well, but <laughs> it marries a weird... It's pretty seamless. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's totally odd and totally unrealistic, but seamless. It's just... In a way that you're not saying this is weird while you're watching it. No, but it's, it's more like... I am questioning it a bit. I'm saying I'm very surprised that, like, in essentially a skate movie, they decided to do, like... A Vietnam War is still going on subplot. Yeah, we're still funding uh, contra- <laughs> ca- counter-communist rebellions. Well, it's just its kind of incredible to me. So if you guys aren't familiar with Gleaming the Cube out there, I'm kind of not surprised because I think if you're into skating, you might have seen this film, but I don't think the mainstream person saw this film. No, oh, as, as far no. as skateboarding, it's, it's almost like a rite of passage. This was one of those like rare VHS tapes you had to get. <laughs> yeah, you had to hunt this down, and it's one of those things where it's like, some, like almost how your brother and like Beckham and like those guys. I, yeah, I think the only reason we saw it because they introduced. And us I feel to like, it. but I feel like that's how you see this movie. Huh. You know, especially like, that's interesting. You, you're not, you know, you're not watching like oh let's watch old '80s movies and that's this is not one that comes to the surface. No, you have to be in a clique that says all right, we're opening the gate. You can see this movie. Wow, that's, that's why cool. I'm you know, shocked that it was on Amazon Prime Video for free. Too. You didn't for have to free? buy yeah, it. Yeah, it was just watch it. Yeah, I figured we were gonna. But have that to... was the only place it was on. And I was I looking up the yeah, DVD, no, was... and the DVD is like sixty dollars. It's yeah, rare. They don't like, make it anymore. Yeah. Like nobody buys this. Apparently, they made a Blu-ray that didn't sell well. Um, I've never seen it, but every week I read the back of the VHS, back of the DVD, whatever I could find online. This is the back of a DVD. <clears throat> for those of you who don't know what Gleaming the Cube is, well. I mean, that's a weird term, but we'll get into that. When getting even means risking it all. To 16-year-old Brian Kelly, life is an empty swimming pool. Ooh. <laughs> With an attitude and appearance rebellious enough even to most frustrate the most lenient parents, Brian and his buddies exist for the ultimate high in skateboarding, gleaming the cube. <laughs> <laughs> then comes the night Brian's brother is found dead in a downtown motel room. When Detective Lucero declares it suicide, Brian's vehement protests fall on deaf ears. Determined to uncover the truth, Brian cleans up his act as he prepares for the ultimate ride, risking it all as he crosses into the treacherous world of deceit, contraband, dot dot dot, and murder. I mean, it's the murder that always gets you. <laughs> Even that, like, paragraph took a turn. Like, oh, skate movie, what? Yeah. <laughs> Brother ends up dead? Punk rock, awesome. Murder. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that it mentions, like, 16-year-old Brian, because um, that was also... My wife has never seen this, but because we really only have one TV in the house, you kind of watched it with me. And uh, Autumn, who's and, been on the podcast yeah, before for Halloween. Yeah, she's watching this with me, and she's reading the, the little, uh, what do you call it, subscript, whatever, yeah. little, uh, about the movie type thing, and it says 16-year-old Brian, and they start watching it, and she goes, how old is Christian Slater in the movie? I'm like, well, in the movie, he's 16. She's like, no, no, how, no, like, really? I'm like, no, 19 or 20. She goes, okay, good, I'm not a pedophile for thinking he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> so now i got to go get frosted tips, so... <laughs> 
This is Peaks later, and we'll definitely get into him. Uh, I don't want to forget, though, Gleam in the Cube might be one of the weirdest titles I've ever heard of a film, you know? It has two alternate titles that apparently were used overseas or other places where Gleam in the Cube maybe is confusing to people. A Brother's Justice... <laughs> Which is not skate enough. It's more like the other plot enough. Yeah, it's it's like you solely ignored the skate. Yeah. That's fine. And this one I like. Skate or die. See, that's su- that's, like that. Yeah, that one's so much better. Because, it is. Because like gleaming the cube, and I don't know when you have it, but like, we'll cover it. But that's not even like a skater term. At least not. I still don't know what it means. Like, do, I mean, there's a Wikipedia explanation, but do you it, have? It's It's referenced only once in the movie, and it's like a throwaway line. It's when he's building like the special steel deck yeah. skateboard, and he's like, "Oh man, it's like you're gleaming the cube." You know, it's it's the place you go to in your mind when you're skating completely free, and it's like your your mind's to, it's like Zen <laughs> skateboarding. I don't know. You think I failed them? Failed them? Failed math, not brothers, right? You know what I mean? Maybe I am as bad as they say. Who says? Everyone. Ah, don't listen to the numbers, the common herd. Shine it on. You're different. I'm different? You checked yourself out in the mirror this morning? (laughs) It's an oversimplification. When I say different, I mean different. Brian, you gleam the cube. Huh? You're in worse shape than I thought. The cube, Brian. It's a place that you skate when you let go. Don't worry. It's an intangible. Nine-tenths of the people don't grasp it, so I guess you're safe for now. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to be different. It's not optional. I guess, uh... I could always just run away, you know? Personally, I wouldn't blame you, but you don't want to see a picture on a milk carton, do you? Listen, I'll tell you what. I'll see that they put your picture on a six-pack of Bud. <laughs> and he's like, okay, yeah, just meet me upstairs. <laughs> it's like it's like briefly referenced, but it's not like a, like at least no. not as us growing up. It wasn't like a skate term. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, like, uh. You know, going tubular and surfing no. or something. It was, nothing, it was never like a phrase that, you know. So it, Wikipedia you know, says... Skater die is definitely the best. Yeah, skater die is much better. Wikipedia better says, Have you ever gleamed inside a cube? Was a quote used from the 1983... Sorry, December 1983 issue of Thrasher magazine. It was just... Um, it says that Gary Scott Davis asked Neil Blender in an interview. And that's where it was taken from. Wouldn't, I know Thrasher's featured a lot in this. Thrasher, obviously. Well, it's back to being relevant again. And huge, you know, huge in the skateboarding community. Most people that wear Thrasher clothes have no idea that it's a <laughs> That's my, true. my comment on that, though, is I said the same thing watching it, and it's because Thrasher is, you know, you see the Thrasher magazine t-shirts and all that stuff now, especially among the younger kids, like middle school, early high school kids are brought Thrasher and Vans and all that stuff back. And, you know, the gatekeeping of me is like, you don't even skate, bro. You know, like <laughs> that, that kind of, like, you know, the, the, the skater in me kind of popped out, and Autumn was like, you know... We're at that same age where when we were in middle school and early high school, bell bottoms and stuff were like back in style. And our parents were our age saying the same thing like, oh, all your all your cool stuff was our cool stuff. And we're in that same loop. You know, it's that fashion is back around type thing. So we're just the old people going now. Like 
our stuff was cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Probably if you go to high school today, you'll see a lot of that. If I went back to high school with like my vintage like Etnies or like my Globe, like Rodney Mullen G uh, three <laughs> shoes, you know, and uh, my Thrasher shirts or my World Industry shirts or whatever, you know. Like, that's hip right now. I, I just remember Transworld actually being a bigger magazine back then. Transworld, because Transworld covered everything. There was Transworld Snow, Transworld Surf, mm. and Transworld Skate. And 411 video magazines were fucking rad. Yeah, now, yeah. I didn't really skateboard, but you couldn't not have the skater have, style yeah, when we were growing up. That CCS mail order catalog. Yeah, yeah. CCS tracked me down. I still get CCS magazines. <laughs> like crazy. when I moved and stuff, I still get CCS magazines. <laughs> I was magazines. still getting them until like a year or two oh, Really? Yeah. That's so funny. Skate America gave up though. I used to just like look, flip through and see like the decks and just like the cool artwork. It, it was awesome. Was, was it awesome. half, like that's the other, it's like there was such an like artistic appreciation on that side too. It's And that still sticks around, don't get me wrong. It's like, but even in snowboarding and all that, it's like the deck designs and shirt designs, t-shirt designs, oh, yeah. stickers, you know. Even, like, defunct brands, like, going back to our buddy Sam, like, the Hookups t-shirts, where oh, it's just, like, hookups, anime yeah. chicks with huge tits, like, <laughs> on the bottom of skateboards. Not, not very appropriate today, probably, but at the time, very popular. A lot of, a lot of cool brands. And, and what's funny is, like, the Tony Hawk sticker, very iconic. And the video game was, like, pretty cool, but I the remember... The video t- game is legendary. It's, I mean... And everything I love in this movie is I like kind of encapsulate. It's it's not, uh, but it's not just skateboarding. It's everything that goes with it, like the punk rock, and it just blended. Like you go into Brian's room in the movie, and it's it's DRI. It's uh, you see social distortion. You see, you know, it's it's all the stuff, that, and it's I related very hard to it. <laughs> this movie is very well researched. You have to say that. I mean, it was filmed in its own era. So it was kind of hard not to. It was almost like, hey, let's just go into your bedroom and film the scene. <laughs> it's you don't look at him and be like, oh, this guy's a poser. Like mm-hmm. he he seems legit. Yeah. So let's chat about the cast. As you mentioned, Christian Slater. We've covered him in a film called Pump Up the Volume. Now you know he's done a bunch of stuff, but it's similar. His character in Pump Up the Volume is not that different from his character in Gleaming the Cube. Well, it's funny. Uh, no Effects took one of their album names from that movie, Pump Up the Volume. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And that's, yeah, no, that's like an iconic kind of angsty teen film. This kind of is too. And even even in a film like um, Heathers, like where he's in as well, I feel like Christian Slater, as a teenager, had to deal with a lot of on-screen suicide, which is weird. Um, that now, this wasn't actually a suicide, but it, it's... He takes some heavy roles, we'll put it that way. Obviously, Christian Slater's Christian Slater. And I, I think he's a really good actor. But he's not a character actor, you know? He just pretty much, even as a kid, was not like Christian Slater voice. Like, I well, can't... That's like Mark Wahlberg. He plays himself. <laughs> I don't know, because Christian Slater almost sounds like um, his, his mannerisms and his cadence. Very similar to Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, like, Christian Slater sounds like his voice. And his Christian face. Slater sounds like a teenager trying to be like Jack Nicholson. Like just, like I said, just like the cadence, the way he talks, and like. I saw a great video of like I, maybe maybe it was made a couple years ago, but like Tony Hawk interviewing Christian Slater like as adults, oh. and Tony Hawk was saying like one of the questions they, he gets the most was did did Christian Slater do all the stunts, and the answer is no. But they were talking about it like how he he did skate. He did skate like he wasn't a lot. Terrible, yeah. And they all got like really injured on set. Inclu- like uh, Tony Hawk was showing that he has, still has a scar from being on set. <laughs> and he, like I just think it's like awesome. They still have this connection. Like apparently they still talk from time to time. I feel like they both still look the same too. <laughs> That's fair. 
completely aside from Tony Hawk's haircut. So uh, here's before we get into like the skaters and such. Here are like the other cast people. Stephen Bauer uh, plays like the police officer. I mean, he's most known probably for Scarface's friend in the film Scarface. He's in traffic. He's in a bunch of other stuff. Of course, born. My mom hates him. For, I mean, for a lot of reasons, but my mom hates him because like personally, <laughs> no, because he he the first thing he ever did was this show on PBS called Que Pasa USA. And growing up as as a Latin person, it was like the only, one of the only like bilingual shows. I think it might have been the first bilingual show on TV ever. And on the show, he, his name was, his actual birth name was Rocky Echevedia. That's a badass name. And he, you know, changed it to Stephen Bauer to look cool and kind of distance himself from the Latin thing, I guess despite playing in Scarface and stuff. <laughs> but it's weird, because I really recognize him from other things. I think he was in Ray Donovan, too. I don't know what accent he's trying in this film. It's almost like he's going for a New York accent. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's... it's. But it, like, goes in and out. Literally the know. exact opposite. You're... <laughs> like, I'm a cop, so it got to be a New York accent. I just... I always think of him as... Uh... In Scarface, when he's like, he's like a lizard. And he makes the lizard tongue. It's like, hi, Tony. Like, look at those titties. (laughs) (laughs) Stuff like that. Yeah, very iconic role there. Um, Richard Hurd played Ed Lawndale, who I guess was like Kingpin, like the non-Asian Kingpin. Um, You said you saw him in a couple stuff, right? He's he's been in a lot of movies. I didn't recognize him in the movie, but then looking him up online, I'm like, oh, that's that guy. I know where you know him from, being a Seinfeld guy. Yeah, he's yeah, George's he's one, boss. Yep, I think Mr. Wilhelm. Yeah, Mr. Wilhelm. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. He was also in Quantum Leap. I know you're a big Quantum Leap fan, Dan. <laughs> Scott Bakula. <laughs> that's all I know. Literally all <laughs> I, I know about Quantum Leap. I think that's all I know Leap. about Quantum Leap. Yeah. <laughs> you're a huge Scott Bakula guy. No, but he has a very familiar face. Um, otherwise, like there seems to be some actors that I don't know. Lee Tuan, Min Luong. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing these people's names. Anyone else in this film besides the skaters that you recognize? Um, well, Christian Slater, Brian's dad, is definitely a that guy. He's in a lot of stuff. Let's see, Ed Lauder. I can't name anything in particular. He's the uh, he's the football coach in Not Another Teen Movie, which was oh, okay. a smash hit. That he everybody. Is, <laughs> he's just hey, like, it's God damn it! God damn it! <laughs> There's a whole movie. That's all he says. He was in the new Longest Yard. I'm trying to think of like topical things now. I guess. Um, yeah, nothing like he's in a lot of stuff, but nothing. Dan, he was in Starship Troopers Two, Hero of the Federation. <laughs> oh, a I General on, Jack Gordon Shepard. I do have that on DVD. <laughs> His friend um, Yabo, the skater. He's uh, he's in the movie Blow. He's his friend Dooley. Oh, cool. Oh wow, yeah. Wow, that's a movie I haven't thought of. That's a really you're, good movie too. Blue is great. Uh, no, blue. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, blue. Bad stents. I watched it yesterday. Now it's blue. <laughs> <laughs> Blow is a movie that there's a lot of people don't like, and everyone who likes it loves it. You yeah. Know? I really like Blow, but some people are like, eh, and I don't understand. I feel like the people who don't like it just hate the reality of being sad and how sad <laughs> life yeah, is. Yeah, it's it's because it's the opposite of the Scarface people. It's like, that's how being, deal, being like a Coke dealer should be. You win. <laughs> it's like, no, in reality, it's Blow. <laughs> it's horrible, yeah. You end up fat and losing your daughter. <laughs> Ray Liotta is saying bye to him. 
it, it makes me want to cry because it, it makes you feel bad. Like he should talk to your dad more. And yeah. Pee Wee Herman's in it. Yeah, Pee Wee Herman. As Pee Wee and, Herman. And does fantastic. No, he's like, that was, in that. I feel like that was. Right. I mean, we're kind of digressing now. No, but I feel fine. like that was. I don't want to say his comeback, but like for people of our generation, we haven't seen him in anything since like the Pee Wee Herman. I would call it a comeback because not like his career went like great. Then it's almost a redemption, you know. Yes, like okay, proof term. that he could actually. Better term. He was act. more than. Yeah. It was like after he got caught beating off. In the movie theater. <laughs> Which is like... Wasn't uh, it a porn theater? It was, yeah. It was, exactly. It was an appropriate place to beat off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> At you're the not time, the, before the internet. You're not the scummiest... Like, and think about it's not this, like he was what, watching Jurassic ha- Park and beating off. Yeah, it's... <laughs> He's not. He's not at the pier frozen. Just (laughs) 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 anyway. 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 I don't know. I don't know all the details, but whatever. Paul Rubens, you did well in blow. (laughs) So this is what I have written down as the skaters and technical advisors here. As we said, Stacy Peralta, uh, Mike McGill, Gator, Mark Rogowski. I don't know. Rodney Mullen, Rich Dunlop, Eric, (laughs) Eric Dressen. Lance Mountain, Mike Valley, Chris Lally. Brack, Ted Air, Chris Black, sorry. Natas Kaupas, Chris Borst, Steve Sains, Tony Hawk, Tom Guerrero, and Christian Jacobs, who is the creator of Yo Gabba Gabba, which was a popular kids show, I You think. know who else is huge with Yo Gabba Gabba? The Aquabats. Yeah, so he's one of the Aquabats. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, apparently yeah. he's in this film as well. Obviously, some of those guys are household names in the skating uh, community. Some of those guys Rodney are probably Mullen's, nobody's... Uh, well, I guess both. Lance Mountain, Tommy Guerrero. Yeah. The real skateboarders. Yeah, and so, I mean, Mike Vallely, obviously Tony yeah. Hawk. Rodney Mullen, as far as all the Flatland stuff, is a Probably spot. the best. Him and, like, him and Day Wong Song are like yeah, Oh the my two god, best. those videos, Rodney Mullen versus Day Wong Song, yeah. like one and two. It's, oh god, it's art. <laughs> Just incredible. And then Mike Vallely, for as much as I've known about him and seen his skating and all that stuff... Everybody, like we were just talking about it, everybody remembers Mike Vallely from the fight video. And Oh, you, yeah, you were the mentioning The dude just, some people call him like like a skater faggot or whatever it was. And this is probably early 2000s, right? Probably like 2000, yeah. 2001. And like I, think, I think you said it was on a CKY. I thought I saw it in I'm a I'm pretty sure it's on like CKY2 or something CKY2K. like that. CKY2K? <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, but some dudes say the wrong thing to him and he just pops up his board and like gets in a fight with three or four guys and knocks all those dudes out. And <laughs> wow. it, was, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> there, I mean, there's no way around it. There's some really good skating in this video. That's just okay. Cause I was going to ask, I don't know skateboarding. Well, did you find the skating to be top notch? Yeah. You know, the first scene when they're in the pool, like it's like so obvious that they're just doing cut scenes. So you can't see their faces mm-hmm. like, but um, it wasn't bad. It was it was pretty good. But then uh, his friend cracks his head in the pool, and the board. It's just so awkward the way the board just flies and crashes in the pool. <laughs> I thought the most unrealistic part of that scene was how they all just didn't run and leave him. You know? <laughs> yeah, especially for the ages they were. Yeah. yeah. Like even if As... one grabbed and dragged the other dude, it's, yeah. it's one of those like. Like stop crying! Like we'll get help later. You would not call an ambulance. Yeah. You'd you'd get yeah. out of there. Most accurate thing in that scene, though, is the homeowner going, "Can I sue him? Yeah, can he sue me?" <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, let's dive in. Any uh, scenes at the beginning that really stood out to you, or things, or whatever? Because this is, I don't know, this is a hard movie to describe. Because I, if you guys listening out there didn't catch on. Basically, it's a skate movie, but the other side of the plot is Christian Slater has an ad- adopted Vietnamese brother. 
he gets a job, some random job in the Vietnamese community. He's like the good son, right? Yeah. And Christian Slater is like the skater, like bad Rock guy. Son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they basically adopted him because Christian Slater was, was just he... always a problem. Yeah, it wasn't good enough. Yeah. We need we need a good son. That's a bold thing to do. Like, oh my god, my son, he he's acting like a dickhead. Let me let me buy another one. I've had enough with this one. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give like, another. Shot how do you know that Asian one's one. gonna be good? Especially one of the trauma of Vietnam. Well, they did say the brother was there for 11 years or something like that. So they were kids when they adopted. Still, yeah, but it's still crazy. I don't know, but I love or Brian as the character is, but Christian Slater's mom in this movie, she's like really supportive. She is. She comes in. She's you know, it's like you know, I would feel a lot better if you were wearing helmets and pads. He's like, yeah, but mom, that stuff's expensive. And she's like, surprise. <laughs> and uh, you know, so for being so punk rock and like, I guess this is why I kind of related because I was in the same situation. I had nothing to rebel against. I came from a really <laughs> loving family, you know. And it's like my mom would do the same thing, but it's it's like she even says like, oh, I shouldn't tell you this, but I, I love to watch you skate. Yeah, it's just like you know, I'm clumsy, so the fact that you can do something like cool and, and technical is is wild to me it's it's, it's funny how supportive it's really just his dad just doesn't like it <laughs> and this was shot on location in orange county you've been mentioning kind of like the punk elements i kind of wish there was a little bit of some ska elements here you i know, feel like uh, he had some ska posters in his room did he yeah dri that was like the biggest one ton of thrasher stuff but dri i mean there's a lot more um 80s hardcore mm. uh, suicidal tendencies that's yeah, like the everywhere one kid had the hat. that hat is Baller, people still wear that hat now, yeah. Yeah. especially with the curled up brim. That's yep. like a hardcore thing. Yeah. That like the curled up front brim of a of a cap is definitely still alive. And that's what's community. funny with this movie because a lot of this stuff has has seeped into pop culture even today. Well, the thing is, we say that even today, but it's like the guys dictating pop culture right now are our age, you know. So it's fair. Your your tastemakers are us now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I've said this before, but one of the weirdest things. I'm experiencing right now, and I'm sure it's happening to you guys too, is how the world, like at our age, the world is like now being catered to us. And before, like you would have to fit into the niche. Like my be- the best example of this to me is I'm a Mets fan. I go to City Field. I have a pass that it's standing room only, but I can go to any game I want. And I, it's like Netflix. So they've made <laughs> baseball like Netflix. I eat and good food, drink good beer there. They have Marvel Night, Star Wars Night. They had a WWE night. You know, there's a Stranger Things night the other day. And I'm like, wow, all this, all this great stuff is happening. There's a brewery in the ballpark. And I'm like, they finally get me. But it's not. It's just that, like you said, our generation now, is we're not chasing a different generation. Yeah. We're the ones making those kind of decisions. We're just probably. making a decision. It would be cool. Like, I would love to have a brewery at this ballpark. <laughs> but it's also in the this, in this same state, like, well, how are we going to draw people to a Mets game these days? But it's not just the Mets. It's no, it's not just the Mets. Because like, City Field is like the same way with Philly, and you know, obviously the Yankees are all doing it. you got to compete. and No, but you're not wrong in terms of like how do you get someone to a Mets game. But... Before it used to be, how do you get someone to a Mets game? Let's put a classic car show outside, you right. know, like, theoretically, right. something like that. Now they're thinking for us. And the other thing, too, like, you go into Home Depot now or Lowe's or a Walmart, and I'm like, oh, man, I really like this, like, indie song. And I'm like, wait, what? Right. I'm in Home Depot, and they're playing, like, an indie song that was never on the radio, but I had it on, like, my iPod way back when. And it's exactly what you're saying. Like, it's that means you're just getting older. Exactly. And eventually we're going to be like, what is this? Jojo Siwa and all these like 
musicians I've never heard of playing at Home Depot. Exactly, you know? Same way, you all of a sudden you hear Green Day on Q104. That's weird, you know, yeah. And it's super <laughs> awkward. And... Which is the classic rock radio station right. in our area, right. to be clear. It's like, that's classic rock. <laughs> it is. It's 25, it is. 30 years old, you know? it's. I think they're going to have to divide the stations, like classic rock, to this point, because well, the baby boomers aren't dead. Well, because that'll go to oldies. You know? That'll be yeah. like, you know, 101 <laughs> with CBS, you know, it's like... Because they're not, they're going to get pissed off, you know? I don't think it's going to go Oh, the, the boomers are going to be pissed off. What else is new? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they killed our... Millennials killed our radio. And the thing is, is like, I hate that there's no desertion of, like, among the ranks between boomers. If you're younger than me, you're a millennial. It doesn't matter if you're 32 or 12, you're a millennial. It's like, no... Yeah, no, I think Millennial's technically born like 1981 to 1996. Regardless, we're we're not the little kids pissing everybody off. We're the struggling, like, dying middle class that can't pay bills. (laughs) It's like, I can't buy anything because, you know, rent forever has been... (laughs) I'm going to... We are off on a tangent, but a good one that I believe in well... Because I don't believe I have a lot of baby boomer listeners. No, it is. I'm I'm not dissing baby boomers. No, I am. (laughs) <laughs> Fuck them. Like, I mean, my, I, I, but it's, it's now. Like, now let's diss the greatest generation who well, fought World well, War Two. Well, okay, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like my father, like totally unaware. This feels of his like own... a skate conversation. I'm gonna let it happen. Yeah, it is. It is because it's like my parents. Because I'm still, I'm still a teenager at heart. Like my, fr- my friggin' parents, you know. But it's like totally unironically said something like, "Oh yeah," like I was reading an article about how. Millennials are killing uh, bars of soap. It's it's like, why is that? Why, why do you care? And <laughs> my whole thing is, it's, it's like, it's not like the same companies aren't making the liquid yeah, soap. Yeah, exactly. Right? And I gotta I gotta counteract this because millennials are some of the whiniest people I've ever seen in my but life. But you're a millennial, Chris. I know, but people just want to get angry about things these days. Well, if we had money and good yeah, jobs, I feel we like wouldn't. more the people getting angry. I agree, <laughs> but you know, everybody gets angry, but. Millennials life, are a bunch America. of crybabies too. I'm sorry, millennials. <laughs> but I just say it's it's like, oh, millennials are killing this industry or that industry. It's like we're not killing the industry. The industry has failed to keep up with the market. Go fuck yourself. It's capitalism, <laughs> which you keep saying we hate. So fuck you. <laughs> oh, getting fired up. I'm sure at one point they're like, oh, the younger people are killing the powdered wig industry. Right. Exactly. <laughs> No, no, you're They're right. washing their hair instead of just I, powdering it to kill the lice. Chris, I love how you cut in and said that millennials are whiners. And we're like, no, and then continued to whine. <laughs> yeah, exactly, there you go. Back to the cube. Back to gleaming the cube. Uh, this is a hard movie to talk, like, scene-wise. I don't know, did you have any moments, though, early in the film that stuck out to you? No, how we, how we talk about, like, a lot of these movies don't age well. Um, I guess because this is 89, it's on the cusp of, like self-actualization as, like, society. And, uh, <laughs> there's, like, a moment in there where the one, after the brother's apparent suicide slash murder thing, the one cop's like, oh, he's an Asian, I don't know, they all look the same. And Lucero, the cop, goes, no, they don't. He's, he's Vietnamese. And yeah. he makes it a very point. And the, co- the other cop... And it's like, not played as a joke. No, it's not. And the other cop's like, okay, Mr. PC. And it, it's like... And for that moment, like, it was very real. It's like, okay, no, here's a guy who actually cares about... He's a cop that actually cares about his... You know, so like little moments like that where you start seeing it, something we would normally rip on in any other film, like saying, yeah, that didn't age well. It's like, well, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) And and when you started with the self-awareness thing, I'm like, what's he getting at? But then like, that's exactly what it is, you know. (laughs) My my moment was, it's not even really part of the movie, it's just the intro song. 
it's like it sounds like a fake South Park song that they would make. Like he's like singing about what they're doing <laughs> and they're gleaming in the, the cube. <laughs> like, you, you gotta hear the song; it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I gotta find out what it is. I try. So I usually like put an intro song and an exit song for the podcast. Doesn't and... actually say like gleaming. Yeah, he's, the they're cube. saying gleaming <laughs> cube. Don't put that in there because I can't sing. Nobody's asking this. No, I'm keeping that in there, Chris. The the thing is that like. I'm trying to look for the songs on the soundtrack, and I couldn't find them. Guys listening, I might have already found them, and it might be the intro song, so hooray me if I did. But Because uh, there's a lot of fun, because there's also like a Vietnamese singer who sings like American songs that plays in the car, and I couldn't find any of oh, those Oh, yeah, songs. when he's getting murdered. Yeah. The, the, the... That was something, uh, actually Autumn pointed out while we were watching, is that any time they cut to his brother, the brother Kelly... Uh, his name's Vin. Vin, 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 Vin Kelly. Anytime he was doing something like doing his homework or uh, checking the numbers on, uh, it it has this very Asian like <laughs> music too. It's like like don't forget, Vin's not white. <laughs> and like it, it was just very funny. And <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of uh, Vin's girlfriend? Uh, she's not bad. She's cute. Um, it, it's weird how like Christian Slater kind of tries to get close to her. I don't know if he's I, trying to do I it to like get the information. I was gonna say like, I think he's just trying to make the connection. Yeah, he's going to get to undercover. Father, but I don't know about her. Yeah, like, she, maybe, maybe it's a rebound thing or like she was ready that. to move on a yeah, little too a little quick. Too quick. You know, like, <laughs> he just died. Like the body's still warm. Part, <laughs> like, of the, part of the grieving process. <laughs> Any other early scenes? Cause, again, this is a movie like I don't know if scenes are necessarily good. It's more like. The continuous flow of things happening. I think it's pretty jarring seeing like the fact that Vin dies. Because I, I tried to read as little as possible about the movies before I see them, so I didn't know how heavy it was going to get. I was like, oh my god, he died? Like, I think it's more funny that he's not supposed to die. Like, the, the guys who kidnapped him to intimidate him were going to let him... Like, their whole intention was to scare him and let him go. And it was like an accidental strangling. You know, and... and is you see the guy, the the big tough guy that took him was like, I've never killed anybody before, and like he was panicking. Yeah, he uh, he looks a lot like our friend Dan Kim. <laughs> it does. I the whole time I'm sitting there like, how many Dan Kim jokes were we gonna make? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's oh, God, I wish Dan Kim watched this with us. <laughs> it is interesting because that adds another layer to like who these guys are. Because if they just killed him, then they'd just be like the big bad guys that we have to chase. But they're not happy that they killed him. It's for them. It's more of like a cover up. You know that guy that kills him though. He's he's genuinely evil. Like I think he just played like he was sad. Like that's that's the vibe I got from him. Well, my whole thing is that okay. So the big secret here is that Vin was working for it's San Diego, like the Bay Side, and yeah, there's a huge Asian culture there, and obviously a lot of Vietnamese, especially post war, and he's. I guess they were shipping medical supplies, or what was supposed to be medical, medical supposed supplies. Supposed to be, yeah. And the kid Vin realized, like, oh no, we're paying a lot more for these shipments, and they're a lot heavier than they should be. So well, he goes. Side to- note: if it, if there's that much of an issue with that kind of stuff, why are you having a kid do the math there? Yeah, why why is your high school kid doing? Like, the- <laughs> anyway, sorry, continue. No, no, it's like, but um, so he goes to check it out, and it turns out that they're not shipping just medical instruments; they're shipping weapons and ammunition to South Vietnamese rebels that are still kind of pushing against the communist forces. Which tells me, yeah, they're smuggling weapons, 
but as far as America is concerned, they're funding the right people. <laughs> you know, they're not they're not pro communist. I was surprised that they were like they accused Vin of being a pro communist. Yeah, you know, and they're like, no. So it's like, yeah, it's a little bit Iran Contra, but <laughs> but at least they're funding the right side this time. Aren't they selling drugs too? No, no, that was they the thought it was drugs. But yeah, it was, it was the reason that paper because oh, he okay. said drugs, but he meant, and then he goes, "No, he means drugs like antibiotics." Uh, yeah. Right. Oh, it reminded me kind of of that Rambo film where I forgot which one where like he frees like uh, first blood part two. Is it okay? <laughs> where he free, he frees like a the POW camp. POW yeah. camp, and they're because there was that belief in the eighties, right? Like some that, believe it happened. Like there was guys that were MIA, but it wasn't still, okay. But it wasn't as much as people no. said. No, they had that like POW, like the, the POW, POW MIA yeah. flag, because there was a belief that there was a lot of people there. Well, there were so many unaccounted for. Yeah, and nobody, and, and granted, can't recover, you know, unfortunately. But. No, and and I get it. I'm not like criticizing that movement, but it's very topical and a sign of the time. I times. feel like your listeners, or at least your comments, all that are going to spike now. You're going to see such high ratings, but it's really going to be people arguing over the POW MIA movement. <laughs> <laughs> How can you criticize it? We're not criticizing. You don't see that flag anymore, right? I see it all the time. Do you? Um, this is gonna sound like silly, but I, obviously I, I like motorcycles and all that stuff. Anytime I do any sort of like motorcycle event, mm. it's always there. You I feel like get, it's in that culture. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the older guys I know, they carry on their vest like this one patch says, "Like if you can't bring them home, send us back." And I'm like, "That's kind of badass." <laughs> like that's that's pretty bad. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that <laughs> at this point, but I'm not saying I'm saying, like, I'm, but that is badass. A, that that's is a pretty saying. badass it's, thing. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. Wow. But we're That's just That's a brotherhood. <laughs> we're like three wars since then, so <laughs> Well, has, have any of those ones ever ended really? <laughs> it's just kind of we're adding to it. <laughs> I can't I can't believe we're talking about uh geopolitical issues say, and war got, in a skate got, film yeah, though. Exactly. In a skate film. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I wish there was more scholarship on this film because I question like Who's sitting there thinking about, like, all right, I want to make a skate film. I can have the best skateboarders alive right now. And I want to dive into the geopolitical issues dealing with the Vietnam War in 1989. Yeah, the post-withdrawal. Yeah. Like, how do we... Because <laughs> that's, like, when his, that's when they adopted Vin was, like, 78, if you go by years, which, you know, like... Well, even earlier than that, I guess 11... Maybe not, no, 78 would be... So you figure Fall Saigon was two years prior. Yeah, he, maybe he was, like, in, I don't want to say an orphanage, but, like, he was a refugee before that. Chris, any other scenes you enjoyed? I don't know if this one would be classified as early on, but the guy who ends up killing his brother later tries to extort Mr. Wilhelm from Seinfeld for $50,000 and a ticket to Bangkok. And he says to him, don't give me that jerk-off hand job." And it's my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> I don't know if he's trying to... Yes, he's trying to extort him, but also, like, he's a bad dude, so I really don't care. But yeah, that's an interesting, interesting yeah, line. What I have to offer to the movie. I even think of that moment, too. It's like, he was panicking. He's like, I just killed somebody. I need to get out of the country now. And it's like, you were promising this, promising me this money anyway. And to me, it added a little bit to where he, like, didn't mean to do it. Because if he was, like, if he killed before, he would know how to cover it up. He wouldn't just be like, all right, I'm jumping ship, you know? He just, he just looks so mean when he's chasing him. He does. When, uh... He does. <laughs> Did you... Oh, look. Okay, so his brother dies, so I get that part. But did you understand, like, what Christian Slater was trying to do? Like, he was just trying to find out information or get revenge? I mean, eventually, but... Well, at first it was just information. And I kind of, I mean, agree with him in the fact that, like, he's like, no, 
he had legitimate suspicions that my brother did not kill himself. Yeah, he, he, he was trying to help the cops get information. And, well, it's not even help the cops. He knew the cops were, weren't taking it. They said, oh, it's just another dead kid. And I got some punk skate kid telling me I'm wrong and fuck that guy. I'm not gonna make him like not gonna have him make me look bad. Fair. Yeah, and then he finally presents some real evidence and Lucero's like, All right, I used to be a fuck up too, I'll take your word on this. <laughs> it's just a weird part, um, this doesn't have to be in it, but like he's chasing the Asian the, the he's looking for information, then the Asian guy's chasing him and then a few seconds later he's chasing the Asian guy. <laughs> like, I didn't understand. Like, well, because now he has the cop involved. Very the cop's also in the chase. But, like, it was the same fucking day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like, Because <laughs> he's like, all right, I'm getting chased. I got the cop. This is the guy that chased me, and he's getting away. Second part of the chase. I guess I, guess I keep missing these yeah. major plot points, and I'm just uh, spouting off misinformation. No, it's... Uh, no one... <laughs> We're having fun. So this director, his name was Graham Clifford. Australian guy. Are you sure? I thought it was Buddy Joe Hooker. So Buddy Joe Hooker, I'm looking up, was... That's a way better name. Yeah, that's why I want yes. him to be the director. Yeah. Buddy Maybe Joe Hooker like the was stunt the stunt director. director. That yes. makes gotcha. sense. Gotcha. There you go. was a stunt director. Graham Clifford was the regular director. Australian guy. Did a couple Australian films. Films I'd never really heard of. He also did a miniseries, The Last Dawn, where Steven Seagal is like... I think it's Steven Seagal. Let me see. No, sorry. Joe Montaigne. And Danny Aiello. And Danny Aiello. <laughs> that is the most Italian thing it, I've ever seen. Joe Montaigne, the guy from Airheads? Fat Tony. The, the radio guy? Yeah, yeah. no, Airheads, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so not, not a really established Handsome director. <laughs> the writer no, that's was Wayne's in... World. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Wayne's World. No, that's definitely... Handsome Dan is yeah, Wayne's Handsome World. Yeah, Dan is yeah. Wayne's World. Yeah. yeah, he's he's Jefferson from uh, Married with Children. <laughs> yes, yeah. I thought he was Mr. Scream. In Mr. Airheads. Scream is also in Wayne's World. That's that's Wayne's World. Yeah, I don't know what his that's name totally is. That's totally Wayne's World. <laughs> screwing it up with Airheads. Yeah, you're right. yeah. I'm not Handsome Dan. <laughs> yeah, oh no, Handsome right. Jefferson is Mr. Scream. Handsome Dan mm-hmm. is the guy from The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't know his name. Yeah. though. Uh, He's in a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I just yeah. confuse like three different people. <laughs> he's like he does Moe's. No, no, that's not him. He's no, not Moe's wood, but uh, yeah, he's. The... <laughs> yeah. So the screenwriter was named uh, Michael Tolkien. I l- quickly looked up if he was like, <laughs> you know, like a Tolkien, but he's not. So he, a big part of the screenplay was this Orange County setting. If you notice, a lot of the skate things are like they show like Disneyland in the background, and a lot of like things of like Orange County. Obviously, was one of the biggest suburban counties in america we grew up in another big suburban county the, the equal opposite <laughs> like, equal opposite except <laughs> that it, the only difference i would say is it doesn't have i think like bergen county where we grew up kind of evolved in orange county not that it didn't but it's orange county had a lot of decaying things and he wanted to show like decaying 50 and 60 dreams and what they had become now I mean, I know we mentioned the pool thing in the beginning, but that flyover where they're at the airport say, is one of the coolest things. It was just like the who's pilot? Like who? Do, how do they know that pilot? That's what I don't get. Well, if you notice what they're saying, they, they quickly it's like, "Come on, you know you need the mile, like uh, not what, the flight time because he right they're they're paying like from the pilot's license. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I, which I thought was interesting, but you the flyover it's just like these suburbs and eighties and nineties yeah. to me. Not that the suburbs don't exist anymore, but 80s and 90s to me, that was like the suburban decades. Well, because that was the changeover from like the Levittown mm-hmm. suburb idea to like, you know, and obviously at that point in time, like those decades were middle class 
like that was that was the era to be middle class. Yeah, okay. Like, so I think like po- like post World War Two. That's why people had pools in their backyard <laughs> and stuff. You know, it's. I think post World War Two, to like late sixties. That's a suburban decade. <laughs> then we get into like urban decay decades. And then we get back into like I guess well, heroin also goes every twenty like the thirties was a big heroin thing and like, back to the fifties you had the junk revolution and then seventies again and eighties nineties were okay and boom we're back in an opioid crisis <laughs> oh wonderful an opioid crisis so the film was shot in Woodbridge High School in Irvine which is in Orange County and you know in the neighboring places I thought it was a funny fact though that that high school has a very strict no skateboarding policy. (laughs) So in the summer, they just shot all these skateboarding scenes. If I was a kid going to that high school and I saw this movie at my high school, I would be really pissed. How didn't, like, you would have to skate it. (laughs) You know, it's like us as kids seeing, like, the Brooklyn Banks. You have, like, even if you're not good, you have to try something. The quote in this film that happens early on that has caught on the most that people have said, like, this is a great line, is when uh, Christian Slater's character, Brian, says... I don't know what's worse, being blown up by nuclear war or having a 7-Eleven on every corner. And I think, obviously, you know, we live in the 7-Eleven world, which and there's I'm happy living here. Corner. It's basically Starbucks now. <laughs> no, but... There's it, Starbucks there, and there's a 7-Eleven over here. <laughs> Today, the line would probably be Starbucks. But I know he doesn't want nuclear war, but you get it. And, like, it, it was a perfect, like, line for, like, angst of what's happening. Like, yeah, we won, quote-unquote, like, the the... America won the Cold War. Is like at this point, like about to win the Cold War, but it's, the winning means commercialism. It's it's the wrecking like the recognition of like a corporate world. Yeah, like, it's, a, it, the, it's not about you know like I'm going to develop my own business. It's it's no okay. Capitalism is nothing but advertising, you know, and and marketing, and you know, it's in a in a musical sense in a punk rock sense it's a very important time period because everybody's happy and everybody it's a weird thing to be on the counter side of it going no there's there's something very wrong we lost our souls <laughs> you know and and it's it's kind of i'm putting it more profoundly than it should be probably <laughs> but there there was a need for it and uh, you mentioned this before dan like the southern california thing and the asian american community specifically the vietnamese community that it's one of the points in where a lot of refugees and a lot of immigrants came to and from doing my research on the film specifically orange county there was a huge vietnamese community and it's funny that this is the era of platoon and full metal jacket where we're re-looking at vietnam war films because you're distanced enough to actually yeah analyze it analyzing it you know objectively but i have to say this is believe it or not one of the few films that like not focuses but looks at the vietnamese american community post-war in real time, right in America, it's, it's, I, I love how they showed that like Vietnamese neighborhood and like the market and like the businesses and that kind of stuff. They make fun of them having an American name. Yeah, like, like and I'm like, what is this doing in a skate film? Like everything I see, it's deeper than you expected it to be. <laughs> Start is, shouting. This is your line compared wow. to everyone else. <laughs> I like when Tony Hawk worked at Pizza Hut. The the Pizza Hut truck was of much discussion <laughs> so it's it's weird to me that tony hawk works at pizza hut especially being a skateboarder <laughs> most weirder, skateboarders don't have jobs it's weirder to me that he has three phones <laughs> <laughs> it was it all for pizza hut 
I'm assuming like one's like his line. Then he had like the red phone. The red phone for like his escape. <laughs> to bros. call Moscow. There, so there's like the house line, the red phone for escape bros, and the Pizza Hut line. That's what I'm assuming. I loved the crew, and it was so funny that they chose Tony Hawk to be the Pizza Hut delivery boy. And we'll talk about the ending chase scene later, but I was reading how apparently someone didn't understand, and I didn't really understand either, but there's a difference between, like, well, certain skateboarders are good at going downhill. Some people are just better at like, doing, like, flat tricks. Oh, yeah, no, there's, yeah, if you skate ramps or skating street, like, there's different, like, niches. And then Tony Hawk was saying how not every skateboarder they hired was comfortable with going down that, like, really steep hill at the end. Because it just wasn't their forte. Right. So they had to... And he was driving the truck, the, the pizza truck at the end. They had to body double the truck driver because he was one of the only ones who could do the downhill. <laughs> and he ended up, like, getting... That's where he got a scar from, like, doing that scene, it I believe. He shit and gashed it, yeah. Because two other of the skaters... Like, only, like, the top-of-the-line ones could do that, apparently. That, like... Because that was a real hill that was like vertical, it's, and that was steep, and it's tough. Like you get those speed wobbles, you're going down. Yeah, and if you like, you can't just like regular speed check either. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's different on a snowboard, but um. But I'm assuming Pizza Pizza better have paid them like money to be in this film as much because they see it on the plane and they're like, he's like, that's my Pizza Hut. Yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming that they had to have some sort of. <laughs> they probably just gave him like free pizza yeah. for the crew. And just like I'm assuming Tony Hawk chipped in some of his own money for the fact that he plastered his own stickers everywhere, because he's not Tony Hawk in the... Like, Chris, you were saying this. Like, he's not Tony Hawk in the movie. Yeah, he's but, he has, but he has Tony Hawk stickers. Well, apparently whoever his manager was, was also either producer or someone on the film as so well. So there you go. Because so yeah. I don't feel like that young Tony Hawk would have cared as much to go cool him in right. a movie. Right. Later on, Christian Slater, he wants to become closer to... Uh, Vin's girlfriend. Yeah, we kind of alluded to that. Like, so Vin's girlfriend is daughters of one of the bad guys here. The colonel. The colonel. I mean, argue if he's a bad guy or not, but you know, one of the people assisting the cover up of the brother stabbing. The cover of the brother stabbing. He he he's the one who employed Vin, and he's also happens to be he he must have been in the Vietnamese military. I'm assuming the South Vietnamese military. Well, because his wife almost says, "You told me no more war." Yeah. So I think that's like implied there, and the war is not over to him. And this like, whether it's the U.S. government or like a shadow thing happening, I'm not sure. Sometimes he feels sympathetic because like you're like, oh, he doesn't want to be he, like he's the one who said let's like let the kid go and stuff. And sometimes you're like, this guy's a dick. <laughs> you know? But he's more of a dick and as like a of an annoying like. A dick in, like, as my girlfriend's father type way. Not so yeah. much he's a dick, he's going to cover up my brother's death sort of way. No, because, like, <laughs> definitely, like, that white guy, uh, whatever his name is, is is more evil than... Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, when uh, the guy Bobby, who looks like Dan Kim, dies, he, <laughs> he's, the white guy's like, oh, I'll get rid of him, and he's like, no, I'll get rid of him, I know his father. I'm going to have to have Dan came on a guest, as a guest here. Now that people can see him, just so people have context. For <laughs> the, the evil white guy, he's uh, Ed Lawndale. Yeah, Lawndale, Lawndale. Yeah. I say that a lot. So sorry, Chris, you were saying? Christian Slater, he, he, uh, his, the father doesn't want him to hang out with her when he's trying to get close to her to get more information. So he becomes a preppy, like he dresses in preppy clothes. Now, did you think he was doing that because he was legitimately like, I need to do this to find out what's happening? Or was he? Because like he's at one point he's like giving up skateboarding entirely. 
Yeah, he threw his ball. I think it was a mix of both. I think he was just that dedicated that he became a preppy, what he hates, to try to find his brother's And it only killer. took, like, three hours. I need to put <laughs> on a collared shirt for three right. hours, and it'll totally change her parents' view of me. It's funny, because she even mentions to him, like, oh, they don't let me date American guys or whatever. And he knows that, yeah, he can't change his ethnicity, obviously, but... Why not? Look, I'm sure that on your planet there must be someone for you to be friends with. It wouldn't be any better for you than it would for me. We don't have anything in common. We have Vinny. Not anymore, we don't. And it's more complicated than that. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. My father won't let me see American boys, even as friends. I, I don't understand. You don't have to. Hold on, hold on. And even if he would, Brian, you look at yourself. Yeah. I get it. I'm sorry. She says to him, like, well, look at you. And he's wearing a shirt that has, like, a giant hole in it. And he's wearing the, a jacket that says crass on the back or something like that. It's funny because, like, yeah, he's in skater attire. But we were talking. By the time we were in high school, the skater attire had changed from that. I had so many shirts. I still have T-shirts that I wear that have a, a perfect two rows of, like, tiny holes at the bottom. <laughs> because when I used to skate with a studded belt, yeah. Every time I knew you exactly would shit, like it would, it would tear a hole. You had the studded belt. Did you have the wallet chain? I did for a long time. I wore the wallet chain long after I shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also, like I, I said, made you take it off when I came into your house yeah, today. I even told all of them though. It's like you see him and he's wearing. Uh, it, it wasn't like a bad brain shirt. I forget what shirt it was, but um, he's wearing like a black like a black band shirt, his van skate shoes and camouflage pants. And I'm like, I I, I have that. I, there's pictures of me in that exact, you know. <laughs> okay, because I thought it was a little bit different. Like, he seemed like a little bit, like, more grunge influence than, like, when we were in high school. No, like, no, no, a little bit, a lot more faded. Than, like, but. Yeah. You know what it is, I think? I think by the time we were in high school, they were, like, just making this kind of stuff. And back then, you just kind of... You had, had to wear it out. <laughs> yeah, you had to wear it out to make it yourself, you know. I think that's the difference. Oh, yeah, so he goes, he does this... Pre- what do you think of his whole preppy look that... Honestly, it takes him quick to get it, and it's not a surprise because he kind of abandons it fast. He doesn't 100% abandon it, but then he goes back to the skateboard. Uh. Well, well, that's the thing. He finally... Okay, so he changed his whole personality. He's like, all right, I cut my hair. I'm wearing the preppy clothes. And he convinces... Uh, and goes in. He's like, not subtle, but he's like, oh, I'd lo-, you know, he meets her parents. And he's like, oh, no, I'm... I'm intellectual. I want to hear about history. Tell me about the war. And, <laughs> it's like, okay, real subtle. But, um... So they finally agree to let them go see a movie, and the second they're out, she's like, I don't know, I kind of want to see you skate. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, there goes that. It took all of an hour and a half, you know? He got a, a lot of backlash from his friends, too. They're like, who are you? What are I you get doing? it. No, but that's exactly... <laughs> it overnight. That's exactly what... We would know, do that to each yeah, other, too. When we saw, like, Sam or Kyle in, like, their band uniforms, you know? <laughs> it was, like, the Even same Wesley shit. Vina, former guest, Wesley Vina. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie lost me a little bit to be completely honest with you in this investigation because I'm also thinking like what is he going to do like he keeps telling like Stephen Bauer like oh believe me I don't believe you but I kind of do you know like he even shows up at the guy's home and Stephen Bauer is already there 
And there's all these like moments where I'm like, okay, I get it. And like he, he's he's assembling his skate team eventually, like when he gets back in with him. by the way side note the one skate friend zuba or yuba was his name yabo yabo his like lair is awesome. It's, a, it's like he an like, old bombshell. Yeah, he lives in like an underground tube. <laughs> well, going back to the suburban of the fifties, it was it's probably true. a leftover. Yeah, and that works with the aesthetic that at least the screenwriter wanted, like stuff like that. Which is oh, that's interesting. Like, but uh, like I don't understand his plan. That part seemed shoehorned to me. Like at this point, you don't really need skateboards, but you have to. And I don't mind that they did it because it's like a skateboarding film, but it was confusing, like how. Well, my whole thing. Were, this is important, you know. Is the the, the physics of, of that? Like, he builds this diamond plate steel skateboard that a had to be heavy as hell. Was it diamond plate steel? Like, is that what? I mean, the top of it looked. It, it had a diamond plate design. On and even it, way, like I get diamond plate steel is as far as from like an industrial standpoint. If I was gonna make a truck bed out of it, yeah, there's more grip with diamond plate. But not like grip tape. If that was any, like you're not yeah, going to stay on that. Yeah, grip tape would be more. <laughs> grip tape would give you more grip than yeah, that your, diamond plate. Your, your sneakers are not sticking to diamond plate, <laughs> especially when you're hanging on the back of a Corvette. Doing oh, 80. I want to talk about that in a bit. And how heavy, how heavy that deck must have been. Do you remember LibTech? Like I know they they they're more on the snowboard side, but for a while they were making. Remember slick decks? No. They were okay, so they were skateboard decks that were heavily uh, like polyurethane, not even polyurethane, um, basically coated with like an epoxy, mm-hmm. uh, similar to like a, like a snowboard. So they were a heavier deck, but you didn't really need as much like skate wax or anything like that if you were going to grind something or. Oh, gotcha. But they were they were heaviest. Like, oh, fuck, let alone a, a diamond plate steel deck with that still had plastic steel, like, uh, tailplate and, like, and and slide rails, like, grind rails on the... It's, that, that deck would have been good for nothing but going downhill. And what do you call that, like, style that the the deck was cut in? Oh, like, the, the, the pool deck style, I guess? Because it they, wasn't the, the traditional, like... They call them now, like, cruiser boards. Well, now, now they are, but at but the time, know you know... They, they, this is was just a skateboard back then. <laughs> well, exactly, because like you know, to us, you know, it was you know at first you got think of the old banana boards when skateboarding first came a thing, like when the Dogtown yeah. boys were doing it. It was a flat banana deck, you know, <laughs> which is crazy. And a piece so, of plastic, exactly. And so like just the fact that they kicked up the tail was like an innovation they put on tape. <laughs> you know, Rodney Mullen, one of the stunt skaters in this movie, the reason Christian Slater wears the glove on one hand all the time kind of stemmed from that. Rodney Mullen used to wrap his fingers in duct tape because before kick flips and all this stuff there were finger flips because they didn't have a turned up nose like on like current skateboards so they would kick up the tail and literally flip the board with their fingers a lot hence the one glove oh I and see. They, they would also like kind of surf it like, was exactly like it was more about use co- their hands it was and surf yeah it was more probably closer to like surfing and snowboarding like snowboard, now yeah. it's crazy to you know where it's, it's about carving and Especially the downhill stuff in the movie, where longboarding kind of taken like has taken that over now. Huh, and long longboarding. Like it's really more the type of skateboarding now. that I would do myself. 
Like I don't, I don't now these days. I'm too old to be jumping up on railings. No, our and, knees don't. Yeah, I'm do not stuff doing anymore. any of that. Yeah, I'm gonna go to the skate park way. No, just just your distance skateboarder. Basically, yeah. So you you've never did you never did like grinds and stuff. I have. I'm not doing that no more. Yeah, no, I got. <laughs> I gotta go to work. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like your recovery <laughs> time between 18. Imagine telling your job that like you can't come in because you had a skateboard there injury. There was there was one uh, day I where I like <laughs> almost broke my ribs falling off a skateboard, and I, had... I was working at my current job. Oh, current. Okay, no, yeah. this is this is a little bit, but yeah, I've had to call out of work because of skateboarding. <laughs> skateboarding is not a crime, Santa Cruz. It's not. What was the brand? They sold a lot of like wheels or trucks or something. They had like a a flame Spitfire. guy. Spitfire. Spitfire. Yeah. Okay. That's what I, was thinking I still of. wear Spitfire. Spitfire's now. still cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spitfire. Um, there was Girl. That was a brand too. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. Like Eric Costin. You remember how good Eric Costin was? Yeah. Like. Hey, Brian here. So just a warning: the conversation is about to get really, really, really skate nerdy, and I love it. But if you're not like into skating. I wouldn't blame you for pressing the fast-forward button. And if you are, well, you're going to have a lot of fun. You know, I thought we were just, like, having film nerd conversation on this podcast. But you know what? We get into the nerdy, the nerdy nitty-gritty of other stuff, too. I don't know why I stopped this. Let's just listen on. Or not, whatever. But you don't want to skip forward too far if you do. Because a really, really interesting story is coming up about a friend, we'll say, of this podcast and another host on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Let's roll that tape back. There was a guy on Girl, and his name was Carol, so I'd wear his uh, signature shoes. It's like, his Mike Carroll. And it's also crazy to think of like how big certain brands were. And how they're just totally non-existent. A lot of them got bought over yeah. and then closed. Yeah. Like World Industries. World yeah, Industries gigantic. was probably like arguably like at the time one of the biggest like yeah. toy machine. I think toy machine's still around, but not what it used to be. And like like I remember like Nike like and like Wet Reebok. Willy, well, like, well, that's shit. the thing. Well, that's what it became. Nike SB, Nike skateboarding. Uh, Reebok bought into it. Adidas bought into it. You know, Which it's like ruined they're still it. making stuff. It is, and that's kind of like and that's kind of where because skateboarding was so. Yeah, it's not as cool now with like a yeah. this, this It's kind of going right. against the, you know, it's it kind of killed itself in that aspect. Like once, it, like he's a toy machine. I'm just looking at the logos now on my computer. Alien Workshop. Alien oh, I love Workshop. Alien Workshop. Like Danny Way. You remember Danny Way yeah. Gap, the Great Wall of China, right. like he, a fucking boss. He would do some crazy giant jumps. He, that's the thing. He he did. He wasn't very technical, but everything he did was massive. Almost like Jamie Thomas with the Leap of Faith back in the day. Like oh my god, Thomas. Jamie Thomas that's, that's for another Zero. Company, Zero. You know? Zero. Zero was always like the hardcore metal and like punk yeah. rock brand. You know who I liked? Zoo York. Zoo York's, Zoo York's, Zoo York's more fashion. Like, now. Yeah, it's like a shitty. It's funny because it's, but, it, but it became that. So you get a, if you want, you go to Burlington Coat Factory. Or exactly. Because, because somebody yeah. bought the brand just to put on their stuff, and that's what happened to almost, did, most of these brands. I don't brands. know. If Zoo York ever made like decks or they did. anything though. They, they did. did. They it did. Like, yeah. It was like them and like chocolate kind of fell into the same like. Remember that brand Enjoy? I, th- yeah. Rodney Mullen yeah, that's, was that's Rodney, Rodney Mullen left Enjoy to start Almost, which is his current company. Gotcha. Enjoy was like one of the last like, lo- newer companies. I loved Enjoy of that era. The art was really ahead of its time. And they and said the animals taking craps. Yeah, the, the panda <laughs> with the poo. Yeah. But the style, I'm yeah, saying, minimalistic and kind of yeah. like Element. Element was always Bam Margera. Like that was yeah. his. Gotcha. Just looking up other ones. Element now. was like his bread and butter. Independent. Those trucks, right? They were trucks. Uh, my trucks that I always used were tensors. 
because they had the slide plates on the front, which no other brand had. So I had a skateboard. I didn't really skateboard much. I had pig wheels. I remember that. Phantom trucks were always super light. I think <laughs> I think those are the ones I had. They always had like the colorful ones. Yeah, they were like blue anodized and yeah. stuff. This is really interesting to me. Oh. <laughs> this is bringing back a lot. No, I'm just, I'm just yeah. like this, um, this is the stuff bones, from our high school. That's there, from there's our nothing better than bones bearings. Yep, the red ones. Bones Swiss. <laughs> yeah. Bones Swiss bearings, and then they came out with the ceramic ones. Which were expensive. They were like eighty dollar bearings. I, I use in my roller hockey skates. I have bones bearings. They're, they're the best bearings ones. I ever made. Like, they don't even have an ABEC rating, but they spin. Yeah, they're uh, beyond incredibly. ABEC. They're it goes to ABEC seven and then bones. Yeah. And what I always loved about them is they had the rubber guards, like dirt and shit, never got into them. And if they did, you pop the guard out, put in new oil, and boom, you're good. Those were like the best bearings ever. You guys are not speaking my language, and I love it. Yeah, this this hit a this hit a raw nerve for me. I could talk about that. <laughs> I'm too fat to skateboard now, but like you never skateboarding is not a crime. No, I probably should go skateboard, but I'd lose some weight. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was fat before I started skateboarding, then I got in shape. <laughs> Let's get to this like big ending conclusion chase scene. A lot of things happen here. We have you know we have Brian essentially. This is where I struggle, right? Because, like, what's his goal here? Just to get them? He knows who the guy is now. But what is his plan? To hit him with the skateboard? I mean, I think that was a plan of opportunity. But what did, okay, what did he want to do? Just kill them? Like, I, don't, was... I don't know. Because he, he had a plan. Because he's like, I have, I know my guys are ready to jump in the pizza truck and block off whatever streets I tell them to. See. Yeah, because he's like, you you got your team, I got mine. Yeah, he was, I guess his whole plan was to human torpedo them at some point. <laughs> you know? Just lunge into them with a the skateboard. Yeah, and we already, we already talked about the inadequacies of the, the, the reality of a, a diamond plate steel skateboard. We did that, right? <laughs> so I wanted to discuss, though, part of the scene, again, they're chasing the bad guys and just taking a cop car and taking the girl hostage, like the date hostage. And uh, Brian, Christian Slater... Uh, eventually latches onto a Corvette. Hey! Hey! The guy who hit you isn't a cop. No shit. So go get him! Thanks a lot, pal. Mm-hmm. Who, for a split second, first of all, the guy driving the Corvette happened to be the stunt coordinator. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I didn't that, know that was uh, what's his name? Uh, the weirdo last name guy, uh, Buddy Joe Hooker. Yeah. <laughs> That's Buddy Joe Hooker. Yeah, okay, Buddy but Joe for Hooker. a split second, between the members-only jacket, the hairstyle, and the and the sunglasses, for a split second, I'm like, is that fucking David Hasselhoff? <laughs> like, I, I, really... they were definitely going for that because I thought that too. And like, I for a moment, and that's from like maybe Chevy had something in because they they zoom in on like the, the clutch pedal that says Corvette across <laughs> it, like you know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he just kind of latches onto the the side of the Corvette. Even that scene, my girlfriend was like, "How's he hanging on to that car?" And she doesn't even know anything about skateboarding or speed wobbles. Like he would have went down. There's no way. Of course way. he would have. Yeah. We we have a guy here who knows all about that actually. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna ask you, Dan. So. Yeah, that's that's probably the most unrealistic scene. And, and for a split, they have they have that weird moment with his Yabu in the in the in the bomb shelter. Going like, "Yeah, these are more urethane wheels. They're better for speed, but they're gonna get a rougher ride on ramps." And he's like, "That's good. That's fine." And like. Doesn't matter. It's 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 a nineteen eighties urethane wheel. It's hard as a rock. You might as well be riding on clay. But um so also you can just tell like realistically from the way he's latched onto the Corvette 
there's no way his body is also touching the ground with the way no. he's also... And also, this like, guy agrees to this? Yeah, the guy's like, okay, kid. And so the Corvette, you're assuming, is doing an excess of, even on the, the minimal scale, an excess of 50 miles an hour. At the um, minimum, but like he's minimum. supposed to be speeding. Yeah, so you, you got to figure that this Corvette's topping out. You know, like even a a suffocated '80s 400, like 400 block. He's like, okay, so he's doing 120. <laughs> 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 no, you're you're skateboard. I don't care how good those pal bearings are. So Dan, I met you when I the first time I met you, you were on a skateboard actually with our mutual friend Sam. Well, at the time, mutual friend Sam. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. It was during the summer, but one of my I don't want to say favorite, but one of the most infamous moments in my life with you, I suppose, and someone who I'm not going to name today. Um, and I'm Kyle Reinfried. Hi, I'm Kyle Reinfried. <laughs> <laughs> but Ooh. no, it's, you know, this, the, is why, this is why I know so much about the logistics of this scene. So, long story short. Yes, you have been injured in the past yeah, by we, holding onto a car on your well, skateboard. This is so where, can you explain this? I'm not going to say again who drove it, but... It's you said it and it's implied and I just thought you were gonna cut in that clip. I, oh, I'm I 100. <laughs> I just cut in that clip. Yeah. So, <laughs> but um. But I'm not personally saying yeah. it, so I'm not throwing <laughs> this person under the bus. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. So long story short, uh, our friend had a party, and at the time, our friend lived. I was living at my parents' house, and this friend lived literally around the corner. And we're not kids. Uh, I was 24 at the time, 24 or 25, somewhere there, and. Uh, it didn't make sense to drive to this party, so I skateboarded over. Uh, fast forward through the night, yeah, we were drinking and whatnot. It's like four or five in the morning. <laughs> it really was. It that really was. Late. I remember because I remember I had to call my parents, <laughs> and uh, so it's like four or five in the morning, and everybody's leaving. And again, like I said, literally around the corner. So I drop my board, and I still had a beer in my hand, and I start pushing off and skating around the corner. And our friend uh, pulls up, and he already has a loaded car. He's like, hey, if you want to cram in, I can give you a ride home. And, being, and this friend is someone we all know. Someone whose name I'm playing right here in this clip. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. Yes. Anyway, continue. And the car was packed. And I'm like, no, it's cool. Like, I, It's a 400-foot ride. I can skateboard. <laughs> and he's like, well, at least hold on to the car and I'll, I'll drag you. And <laughs> At you know, least. You're fucking a block away. Well, no, 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 but, but it's something we used to do as kids. I used to do it to my mom's car and stuff like that. And... It's something we did, but, you know, it just as much alcohol was never a factor. Like I said, I still had a, a, a bottle of beer in my hand. And and Kyle was never one to skate. He never... I mean, the person oh, who The person. Um, <laughs> he never... He was never in the, in the skateboard. And not, like, he, he didn't know anything about, like, speed wobbles or anything. And for those, you know, uninitiated, speed wobbles, you have very tiny wheels on a skateboard. So when you start getting to a certain speed, they're going to become unstable and throw you off course. So I'm hanging on to the passenger side window with one hand and holding on to my beer in the other. And, uh, you know, we're, not that he's doing anything crazy, but he definitely, like, gasses it a little bit, like, back and forth and, uh, like, joking around with me. But the problem is, is, like, a skateboard wheel, especially, like, mine, I wore my wheels to, like, nothing. I liked really tiny wheels. And uh, so you got to figure a wheel that's at most three inches in diameter, you know, once it gets up to like 20 miles an hour, you're going to get those speed wobbles, you know? And, uh, I was already drunk and I was only holding on one hand and had a bottle in the other. And I, I lean in, I'm like, Oh, Kyle, I'm getting speed wobbles. And he goes, what you the hell are speed wobbles? And with that, I went over and not wanting to break the bottle. I held my one hand up 
and I didn't brace my fall, and I ended up hitting the ground. And I wasn't as smart as Christian Slater because I wasn't wearing my, <laughs> my helmet that my mother bought. So my head hit the ground, and I actually ended up uh, fracturing my skull. And that sounds a lot worse than what actually happened. Uh, I don't know. So the person who shall be, who was named already, but who I'm not naming personally, <laughs> called me and he's like, oh my God, I don't know what well, happened. You were in the car behind us, I believe. I, but I had already left to go home. Oh, okay. And he's like, turn around. This isn't good. And, you know, I was like, okay. So I turned back. I went to your house. Well, cause I, was, I don't think I was ever, I wasn't knocked out cold. No, but I definitely but had a concussion. Like, clearly, I, I did some basic tests on you. Not that I'm a medical expert. No, the, the eye stutter. Yeah, the movement. eye thing. Just stuff I've seen in the movies. And I've had concussions prior to that, and I'm like, yeah. No, when your ears ringing like a bomb went off, it's and like, oh yeah, I got a concussion. You were not there. Yeah, for, you for were a few minutes. Yeah, for there. sure. No, more than a few minutes. You were just like you were there, but you were like you couldn't follow my hand. You couldn't follow conversations. You know, I remember going home. I'm all like, because this person decided to. <laughs> and I'm Kyle Reinfried. <laughs> suggest this asinine idea of hauling you on a skateboard. Hey, I agree to it. Um, <laughs> I just remember getting back to my my parents' house. At that time, they're sleeping and just assuming we're just up to our own. Again, we're not children. We're in our twenties. They're just assuming that we're up to our own usual like drunken antics. And what clued me into like uh, something's wrong is that I hit the back of my head, like behind my ear. And so like 45 minutes, an hour pass, and it's like five in the morning now. And then my nose starts bleeding. And I'm like, oh, that's that's coming from inside. <laughs> and then Kyle said something really funny. He's like, we made several bad decisions tonight. Good one. Let's go to the hospital. And then I had to call my dad from the hospital. Yeah. And uh, I, I, there's there's a couple funny things to this that I really want to get. Oh, yeah, 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 please. Because I, I was going to say, because you got ambulanced, right? Well, because we drove to Pascack Valley, which is just... I don't know what it is now, but at the time, it was just an emergency room. It wasn't an actual yeah. hospital. And they did their little, like, eye test. And like, oh, yeah, you definitely have a concussion, but I don't think there's anything worse. We'll MRI you just to make sure. Thank God I had state insurance at this point. You know? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, all right. But since I was already in hospital hands, they, they're like, oh, we're, but to MRI, you, you got to go to Hackensack. I'm like, all right, cool. And Kyle's like, yeah, I'll drive. He's like, no, you're in hospital hands. you got to get <laughs> you got to get ambulanced over. I'm like, oh, fuck. I remember... So, I remember- the person who you keep naming, I won't, was uh, texting me at this point. He's like, oh my god, I have to, you know, he's in an ambulance now. Well, what was so fucking funny was we get, <laughs> we, like, I'm walking. I'm like, I'm like under my own power. It's not like I'm anything devastated. And like, we get to, the ambulance opens up. I was like, yeah, we're here to take you. And it's Dan Betancourt, who's like a year older than us in like, from our school. He's like, oh, hey, Dan. Hey, Kyle. <laughs> and uh, like, Kyle's like kind of panicking. Um, you know, days, but kind of whatever. And at this point, I had to make the call to my parents. And I, I call, it's like 5 in the morning, and I call my dad, and I'm like, hey, dad, I'm in the hospital. And he's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. He's like, what'd you do? I'm like, <laughs> I smacked my head hanging on the guy. He goes, you're an idiot. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm getting locked in this ambulance, and Kyle's like, I'll meet you at the hospital. See you later, Dan. And fucking Dan Betancourt goes, okay, see ya, Kyle. Like, he's talking to him. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wow, what a what a self. And like, just 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 fast forward, I get into this MRI, and they're like, "Yeah, we got to keep you for a few days. You have a temporal skull fracture. We just got to make sure there's no brain swelling." And you were there for a while, like no, like... no, it was, it was two nights. Oh, I thought it was because the, fir- like the first night my brain swelled and I had brain fluid coming out my nose like boogers. 
And then the second night was just to make sure it stopped. Is it true that you've never been able to taste the same again? No. Uh, it's not true. True-ish. Um, but your taste has been affected for the rest of your life. Not taste, smell. Smell. Okay, sorry. But both smell. are linked. Um, so you've never been able to smell the same. I, I, I don't have a great sense of smell anymore. But, um, yeah, what happened was the part of the brain that I bruised, like I sensed taste and smell or whatever. So after two days in the hospital, like, at first I thought it was like, you know, hospital food just tastes like shit. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't taste. And then I kind of left and I went for my, like, uh, re-evaluation, like, or follow-up appointment, whatever you call it. And I'm like, yeah, I really can't taste anything. And they're like, oh, you know, and they did some tests and, like, cracked on, like, yeah, I can't smell that either. And uh, they're like, okay, you probably bruised. And they were right. They're like, oh, you bruised whatever receptor. And for about six months, I couldn't smell or taste. So, um, so, so someone who hosts another show on this podcast network. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. Potentially ruined one of your five essential senses. This shows a lot about tasting, too. It is true. How, what a, what a poor, um, no pun intended, what a move in poor taste <laughs> to make a show about He's taste. clearly, like, rubbing it in my face, going... Exactly, like, when he ruined the taste I, of one of his closest friends. Yeah, and... He was the best man at your wedding. And now he's, now he's flaunting this? Yeah, yeah. Now, and now he's flaunting this, wow. I'm... But taste did come back, and it was, it was, it was weird, because uh, it didn't come back all at once. At first it started, like, uh, very, very sweet, like, candy and sugar and all that I could taste. And then, um, like, oil. Like, anything cooked fatty or oily, huh. grease, like, french fries, pizza, burgers. They all tasted the same. The only difference was, like, texture, and it all just tasted like oil. So like that would have been a really good opportunity for me to start eating healthy and eating. Healthy. <laughs> but no, I'm like no, you know, it's well. I know I remember like I like I like pizza. I know I like it taste <laughs> like it now, but I know I like pizza. So I would just keep eating pizza, and eventually it all came back. I mean, taste wise, you know, my my sense of smell but, isn't the best. But you anymore. lost your best metabolism years of your life. That could have been. <laughs> well, it got dangerous because I was working for the PIP, like the the road crew, basically for. You know, lack of a better term. And, you know, we were cutting park areas as far as, like, tree cutting and grass cutting. And for a good few months there, I couldn't smell gasoline. Wow. So, like, shit would be leaking. And it's like, oh, no. Okay. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. I guess point is, bringing it back to Illuminati Wear a helmet. Cube. Wear a helmet, which he did. But, also, oh, you're not doing 120 hanging no. out to the back of a Corvette. No, you're not. You're no. going to spin out of control. I don't care what special wheels or diamond plate steel skateboard you have. <laughs> I mean... People have. Don't get me wrong. Like, again, going back to like Danny Way, but those are very. I guess I'm kind of shooting my own self in the foot here, but it's a specialty skateboard. I get it, but that wasn't available at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and like you're talking about like longboards and a couple other different things. And so I wrote this note down. Christian Slater did not like wearing the helmet. It was the worst part of his experience. Well, apparently. yeah. Did you see his hair in that movie? It was awesome. Because he said, yeah, it's related. Because <laughs> he said it made him look like a penis. His words. <laughs> well, that was also a very like eighty style shape. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when we were older, it's like what we have um the Protec and like the yeah. the Triple Eight helmets. They sat, they fit more like a like a bucket helmet, almost like a military helmet, but they sat very low. Mm. Versus these ones sat very high up. And so quickly, Christian Slater blast through a glass. <laughs> he seems unharmed from that aspect of it. 
Well, that's before all the. No, I know. Stuff. Yeah. And then he does the chase, and that initiates the chase. Yes. The uh, the and, colonel and he... gets shot. He blasts through the glass. The girl's free. The colonel gets shot. <laughs> and I don't think this, like not until the very end is it mentioned. Like they just leave him. The cop, the, the worst cop in the world, just leaves a dying guy. <laughs> like, well, he got a chase to go happen, you know. Eventually, never he, fires a shot. Eventually, he uses his deck as a weapon, kind of. Yeah, like does a mute, sweet mute grab, like into. <laughs> what a skate thing to think about! Like, yeah. oh, imagine if it was like, you know, like like this kind of international thing where the, we had like a chase and I had to use my skateboarding skills <laughs> to like save kind of like the world. I don't know. Um, and Saved then, his world. <laughs> his world, yeah. Kind of an abrupt ending, don't you think? Oh, yeah, because it was just. It's like, by the way, it's like, oh, do they see they free the girlfriend. It's like. Like follow up like them. It's like you're okay. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. It kind of ends cool. just there. Like he's arrested. All right, cool. We're good. Anything else you want to mention, Chris, in regards to scenes in this film? Because that's kind of just again how it ends. He saves the day through his skateboarding skills, and he was right all along that he doesn't. You know, his brother doesn't come back from the dead or anything. But I guess he has a peace of mind that like the conspirators are caught. Yeah, that's basically all I got. Very abrupt ending, I thought. Yeah, kind of, I don't know, it didn't feel that resolved, kind of. Well, how could you resolve it, though? You know, like, he's not going to bring his brother back. It's almost, this is where it gets, like... I think it's just the fact that, like, neither family acknowledged any of it. (laughs) (laughs) The weird thing was, though, that, oh, it's not really weird, but his brother's death actually gave him some common ground with his dad. He catches his dad watching old uh, movies oh, yeah. of him and, yeah, so he, and he actually asks his dad if he's okay when yeah, normally he doesn't give a crap and it was about very pointy, dad. and the dad's like are you giving me advice he's like well I guess I am and the dad's like I'll take it yeah. it was it was like the one moment where like you see him and his his suit father bonding it's like the only time his dad ever listened to him yeah alright so we've changed things this year in high school slumber party that we don't we no longer rate by things and numbers I'm an idiot this is a show about high school and I didn't realize that the most logical thing to rate things on is... Give it a grade? Yes. <laughs> An A to F kind of scale. A plus to F, I suppose, kind of scale. So, Dan, I'll have you go first. How do you grade Gleaming the Cube? Oh, you know what? It's, this, is a, this is an A. An A? It really wow. is. Because, like, you know what? It's a... <laughs> nobody expected anything of this movie. And it's like... If you're a legitimate... Like I said, it's, it's one of those, like, privileged to see it. You know, it's like somebody sh- sat you down and showed you this movie. And if, if you're a skateboarding fan, there's a lot of weird skateboarding history tied up in this. And like you said, it, it's it's not a skate video where you're just watching people skate. But And it's not just a silly movie to promote skateboarding. It's, it's a more invested plot with budgeting you know, A-list actor, at least in that era. Yeah. You know, and it's it's more than anybody expected, and it delivered on anything you wanted it to be. It's an A. Wow. I got Chris, you were nodding your head no <laughs> as he was saying that. Uh, What's your grade, Chris? I think it's a pretty good movie, but I'm going to give it a C plus. C plus, okay. You know, it's it's a good skateboarding movie, but I don't I don't think it's going to blow your mind with the... Just the Is it gonna gleam the cube? Nah, I'm grading emotionally. He's grading logically. <laughs> um, I'm gonna stick with a C plus. Chris, actually, I also gave this a C plus. 
It's not a bad movie. But, it's just not a great movie. No, and I think that's good. That for me, that's a slacker skateboard grade. The C plus. Yeah. Oh wow. They did that's just perfect. enough. They, they're a little bit slightly above average and like just enough. That's a okay. Wow. Burn on me. No, no, no. That is but like, I get why you like it. I get why people like it. It is interesting. It is fun. It's just something that like I think if you're into skateboarding, it deserves more of that A or B. But overall, as a film. I don't know if like no, there's not a wide audience that would sit there. And go, uh, I, I I get I, it. I got overhyped. I was kind of no, I got right. overhyped. <laughs> no, it's definitely definitely a hard thing to to just show someone now. But you know what? My whole thing is like it took the scene and it didn't make that um caricature. Yeah, honestly, that, you know, it stayed pretty honest it. to like what the scene was at the time. You know, it wasn't like a clearly like what do kids like these days? Kids like skateboarding. Make you know, it's it wasn't like a, a marketing no. attack. And that's one thing. It felt very real in yeah. terms of the skateboarding community. It didn't feel like it was something marketed to the skateboarders. Right. It felt like it was just a skateboarding film. Yeah, in it terms wasn't of... a nineteen ninety three Sunny Delight commercial where <laughs> it's like kickflip to breakfast. Like... Now, there's not a lot of critics who saw this film because it didn't do well. But it got twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is not good. But 69% audience score by a lot of people seeing it. Because I think the only people... It's like not a the very like, niche but That's the audience. thing. The only people watching it are exactly. either specifically movie critics, which aren't going to relate to it, or specifically skateboard people who go like, you know what, yeah, like almost as a historical text going like, yeah, this is worth it. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's you don't have the right... You have a very different set of people watching it, is what I'm saying. So I definitely, definitely get the appeal, if that makes sense. You know, like, I, I get the niche, and I get who they're making it for. This is not necessarily a mainstream it's, movie. It's a very successful film for what it tried to do. And like you said, it's something that seems to be passed down by skaters. It, it's a, it's a, like a rite of passage type thing. Which is, which, that to me makes it kind of awesome, you know. Yeah. So every week we discuss what our sleeping bags would be at the slumber party. Gleaming the cube sleeping bags. Invent one in your head. What would they be? I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Spitfire sleeping bag just for the skateboarding. Well, that's the cool. The big uh, Spitfire logo on it. That's cool. I mean, if we're going directly from the movie, Let's I go think for it. Uh, a diamond plate skateboard shaped. Oh, I like that. It's specifically shaped like that. You put your feet at the end. Yeah. But really, it's, it's, like, it's almost like I agree with Chris 100% where it's like, you know what, let's keep this simple and real. And it's like, like Spitfire or World Industries, a <laughs> toy machine sleeping bag. Possibly, I'm going to use that sleeping bag in the back of a Pizza Hut pickup. <laughs> a yeah, my boy versus Wet Willy. Yeah, the Wet Willy one, bag. yeah. My sleeping and they're bag. flipping you off. <laughs> is going to be just... It's going to look like a Pizza Hut box, and I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> and we all have McSqueeb haircuts. So, Chris, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. Where can the High School Slumber Party audience follow you, theoretically, if you want them to? Any plugs? Any Anything you want the audience to know? Um, you can find me on Instagram. That's, like, the only social media I have. It's, my name's Krastofa, C-H-R-A-S. T-O-P-H-A. Um, if they look out their windows, I'm following them. <laughs> <laughs> On a skateboard. <laughs> and you can't smell or taste. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks to it's, it's, it's a we weird know. X-Men, but it's... <laughs> 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 no, um, I'm also pretty much only active on Instagram at BrokenPanda87. 
it's mostly going to be pictures of my dog and motorcycles. <laughs> again, I'll plug it again. If you need a medium or heavy-duty truck, come talk. I'll sell you one. But, of course, after all this, how much of a hypocrite <laughs> I am growing up to be a fucking salesman. <laughs> <laughs> a salesman of trucks, too. You're just like you're just like the Pizza Hut man. Yeah, true. Tony, you're just like Tony Hawk. Well, I went Hawk, from yeah. skateboard trucks to you know, just regular yeah. trucks. <laughs> just like Tony Hawk. All right, guys, really appreciate you coming on for Gleaming the Cube. This was certainly an interesting film, and can't wait to have you guys on again. Big, empty pool size thank you to Chris Carroll and Dan Ferrara for stopping by the slumber party and talking about Gleaming the Cube. I hope you had as much fun as I did exploring this, I don't know, this very, very strange, but very, very, very interesting and fun movie. Speaking of strange, interesting, and fun movies, that's your assignment for next week, because I'm going to have you watch something weird, interesting, fun, I don't know, I have actually haven't seen it, Weird Science. I know, I know, it's a John Hughes film, and it's a classic, and you're like, Brian, you host High School Slumber Party, and you've ever seen Weird Science? Well, let's play the trailer. You know, it's not a bad idea. What? Making a girl. Actually making a girl. This is Wyatt and Gary. I give her Wamdigis mammary glands. Something's about to change their world. Something out of this world. She's alive! Alive! What would you little maniacs like to do first? It's all in the name of science. Weird science. If you want to be a party animal, you have to learn to live in the jungle. Not us. Not here. No way. She is turning their lives. Trust me for once, will you? What is going on? Gary, I don't know. I don't know where. Their minds. <laughs> and their house. Upside down. It's seriously affecting your sex life. <laughs> it's completely unnatural. Do you realize it's snowing in my room? Totally unbelievable. Definitely weird. Hi, dudes. They went from zeros to heroes in one fantastic weekend. I'm so good. Universal Pictures presents a John Hughes film, Weird Science. It's purely sexual. And helping us break down Weird Science is another returning guest, Walt Hickey. I can't wait to talk to Walt again. We had an awesome time talking Christine last time, so I think this one's going to be really, really, really fun. Of course, your other homework is to do all the things I asked you to do at the beginning of this episode. Subscribing, social media, class participation, all those great things. But I also want you to check out the other great shows on my podcast network here, the podcast network that I'm very proud to be a part of, the Cage Club Podcast Network. And you can check out those shows at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. I was recently on one of the more popular shows in the network, Too Fast, Too Forever, with the foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried. We were the guests for Joe and Joe 2, and we were talking Fast Five, which is a very, very fun film. And you can find Too Fast, Too Forever wherever you get your podcast. But again, also on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me.
E. So I'll leave you with another song from this movie. Well, it's featured in a pretty dark scene, but it's by an artist, I believe a Vietnamese artist, named Khan Ha, and the song is Never Can Say Goodbye. And I can never say goodbye to you slumberers out there. But I kind of have to, at least for this week. See you guys next week on Friday. Later, dudes. I want the money. Don't give me a jerk off hand job. very well. What am I supposed to do? Let him shoot me? Now you were a soldier. You've done your share. Killing. It was in defense of my country. This is different. How is it different? This is murder. It was an accident. Put your mind at rest. I'll handle this. No. I know his father. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.